Hi everyone, I'm Warris and welcome to a new episode on the Warris is What. Today we'll be discussing on how I'm creating wealth. The main vehicle I'm using is the stock market, but to be able to invest, I need to have money available to invest. But like most people, I don't have an abundance of cash to throw into stocks. I have to plan, budget, save, and make decisions to allow myself the opportunity. Specifically, I've changed grocery stores. I don't buy like bulk amounts of uh, groceries, meat, and stuff like that. I uh, try to space it out throughout the week. And that's in hopes to eliminate a lot of waste when I buy a lot of food at one time. Uh, I'm eating out less, ordering in less, making my own lunches, or really my wife is. Thank you, Lori. Uh, uh, meal prepping. Uh, we refinance our mortgages and cars. And overall, we're avoiding high interest debt. Uh, we also try to pick up overtime when convenient and available. And there's a there's an attempt to increase our base pay, but this is much harder than the other uh, options. Um, and it's not much by itself, but when combining all the different methods and over an extended period of time, there is a very significant impact. And there are many ways to accomplish this. So it's not just what I named up there. It's just you need to find something that works for you and your preferred lifestyle. Okay, so we have some extra money. We pay down some high interest debt. We have our emergency savings. Now I'm ready to invest, but how? I specifically started with um, testing out different brokerages. I narrowed down what I liked and I don't have time to be on my computer or laptop when I get home, so I like an app uh, on the go, kind of things I can just, you know, if I'm eating lunch, I can check it. And I don't want it to be convoluted or difficult. The ones I liked are Robinhood, Charles Schwab, Chase, and M1 Financing. They all have their pros and cons, but uh, let's discuss a little bit about that. Robinhood, I think by far, this is the easiest app to use. If you really just want simplicity, this is it. Uh, it is... Uh, probably the best UI in my opinion. It has uh, free trading, so no extra costs for buying shares, which is a plus for me. I don't really like paying a little fee every time. And I believe now they do fractional chair shares and also uh, reinvestment of their dividends. Um, but it, it just wasn't for me. They had uh, to me too many. Uh, I could do too much. <laughs> it was not a great idea for me. Uh, Charles Schwab pretty uh, well-known name there. It has their own app, but it felt more of an add-on than like their main attraction. You really need a computer or a laptop to enjoy its features. And at the time I was testing, they had a uh, trading fee. I'm not sure if they do so now because I haven't kept up with it, but uh, their, app, their app was really clunky. Um, it kind of bummed me out because they, they had amazing information available and I still go in to access that information in the tools that they provide for the investor. But again, there, there are way too many options for me and how to invest. And uh, I, I'm trying to avoid day trading, short-term kind of uh, investments. So it was very bad influence on me as well. Uh, Chase, I tried it. They have a cool app. It's a cool concept. I went in to just, uh, I can't remember why I went to Chase Bank, but they kind of, <laughs> it recommended me try it and I it's not for me it's it doesn't feel like it's meant for a smartphone and the load times are just frustrating I everything I do there's a load time and 
I don't know about you, but like I play a lot of video games, and that's the thing I hate the most in video games, just having to sit there and wait for the crap to load so I can just keep going with my gaming. No, no, not for me at all. Brought back some bad memories. So the last one, it's more for when I was uh, researching and what I wanted to do. Uh, M1 Financing. It was recommended to me. I love it. I'm currently using it. And uh, the phone app, really easy to use. I like the UI. It does take some time to get used to it, though. Like It's not self-explanatory. But once you get it, you get it, and it's simple. Um, and the load times are basically not there, which is what I like. They actually have a kind of like pie representation of your investment, which is a cool uh, kind of just feature just to keep your eyes on. And then it shows you like if it's a, it should be like a perfect circle basically, but if you're overweight or underweight, it you know, gets more in, in the inner perimeter instead of the outer perimeter or just expands out. So it's kind of cool just to see what's going on there just as a visual. And uh, they have fractional shares, um, no fees as well. Um, fractional shares are key because I do like to reinvest my dividend. And if I'm paying for a stock and it's like uh, $2,000 or something like that, that's a, that's a lot of money just for one share. So the fractional shares kind of let you um, have like a, a percentage of that. Um, instead of buying the whole stock, you're basically sharing with somebody else uh, the 0.25 or 0.1, however much you're putting in. And that kind of maximizes your potential there. And since I choose other options, it doesn't really maximize my profits. This is where I can find other ways to increase it. It's better beneficial for me. Uh, so they also have robo or like auto investing profiles available for you. I, I, I basically didn't really look that much into there because, um, I like to pick my own companies and I like to do the whole research, making sure it's what I like. I like investing in things I, I, I know and I like as well. So, uh, that kind of takes the fun away from it. It's, it wasn't for me, but if you're somebody that just wants to put money in there walk away, come back in 10 years, see how it's doing, that's that's the route you might want to go because they'll pick everything out for you. Um, also, the positions you're put into, uh, they're all in percentages. And if, um, so like I can allocate 10% to, let's say, company A and that's going to be 10% of my total portfolio. And then I want like 5% of company B and then another 5% of company C. So when I put in my, uh, my investment in there, let's say it's $1,000, it's going to put $100 into the company A. And then it'll take about $50 to company B and C. And you have to, of course, complete the 100%. Otherwise, it will not let you go forward with that. But... Uh, I like this because I, I don't want to pick how many shares I actually want to buy. I want to, I want the app to do that work for me. I just want to let them know this is the pie I want. This is the percentages I want, the, how much of my portfolio I want invested in this certain company. I'm giving you my money, put it in how I, how I want it to be allocated. Thank you. See you tomorrow, basically. Um, so that's, that's basically why I like that. 
And also, remember when I said something about the overweight or underweight? So if a certain company is doing much better than expected and the other ones, the money you're putting in is not going to go towards there. It's going to go towards the other companies to catch up to that percentage. Because you might, instead of being at 10%, you might be now at 15% of your total portfolio. And you want it down to 10, right? So the money is going to go to the other companies that might not have been doing as well. So there could be more opportunity there. Uh, you have to really see if you want to self-allocate like, like that or you want to just invest specifically on certain things. You have that option as well to do that. But I, I kind of just let it do its own thing because uh, I know how much risk I want to put in one certain company and that's why I want to keep it. Um, it's kind of like a mix of robo and active investing, but on my terms, basically. They also have uh, one trade window in the morning or two if you pay for the premium uh, membership, basically. And I believe you have to have about 25000 invested in there to have access to both the morning and, and, P, and PM uh, investing windows. I like this. Uh, a lot of people don't like this because in case you want to get out real quick that's not going to happen but i like this because it promotes long-term investing it completely just deters the short-term day trading which can be very dangerous um a lot of people really lose a lot of money with day trading because uh you have to you have to really <laughs> really delve into the balance sheets and be educated about each individual um, company and also be in the know of what's going on before everybody else. And it is, it is too hard. It is too hard and it's a lot of luck involved and I don't want to be a part of it. Some people are very successful doing that. However, the likelihood is much lower than if you're a long-term focus investor. So I'm going to choose the, the form of investing that has a, a greater chance of success. All right. So that brings me to the, my main point of creating long-term wealth. So dollar cost averaging. Basically, it's trading consistently regardless of what the market is doing. That way, volatility is decreased. I'm not trying to time the market, put in the lows, get out in the highs. People, again, they can go through their analytics and whatnot to try and guess best what's, what's going to happen. But human behavior is erratic, and nobody truly knows what a person's going to do if they're going to panic or there's fear, kind of like the market crash earlier this year. Um, nobody expected toilet paper to be just <laughs> ransacked through. Um, that's the thing. You can't really expect these things sometimes because human behavior is so erratic. Uh, and I don't want any part of it. I'm just going to invest every month the same amount. I choose the 15th. That's just my personal preference. And I'm going to put in the same amount in every month. That's dollar cost averaging. You're spreading the volatility down. So you're never going to get... The there's there's a very low probability of you getting either the toppy top or the the super lows of the market, but you're basically averaging to where you are constantly you're getting the average of the gains or the average of the losses. So 
Again, you're not going to lose as much, but you're not going to gain the maximum amount either. Uh, this is a uh, basically a time-proven way to beat the market. Um, so every month, put the same amount. And if I see a market dip for no reason other than fear, I'm also going to dollar, dollar cost average on the dip, just a little bit more accelerated. I'll drop like 500, day, 500 a day or a week, depending on what's going on in the situation. Um, again, the downside of dollar cost averaging is that I'll mo most likely miss the very top and the bottoms. I'm okay. I'm okay with that. I've uh, made my peace. Because I'm thinking long term, and again, I'm, co I'm not confident in the market that I can time it just right. Not a lot of people are. And the likelihood of losing is much greater with a lump sum investment. All right, so... Let's give a couple examples here on what I'm talking about. So we got this uh, example on the left. It's a $1,000 initial investment with $500 a month uh, contribution. This is basically what you do with like a Roth IRA, uh, by the way, which is, it's a way to invest with a cap of 6K a year. Uh, and after you retire, you keep everything uh, tax-free. So that's, that's really nice. Uh, I think it's actually 67 years now. When you're 67 years old, you can access it. It could be 65. They change it every once in a while, so um, the rules change. So uh, the dividends are reinvested in this uh, example. There's really a conservative outlook here. I'm talking about like 5% growth a year. And dividends, I believe they start about 1% and about 5% growth of the dividends as, as well. Uh, this is way below averages. All right. Um, we end up in 30 years around 475k. We put in about 181 dollars, oh, <laughs> 181 uh, k of our own money, and the rest is profits. That's the that's what I'm talking about. The profits will not be taxed in a Roth IRA. Uh, this can easily grow into millions with a standard growth, which is about 10 percent. Um, with a ten percent stock growth and about I believe seven percent to eight seven percent for uh, dividend growth. Um, on the other side, we have uh, a bigger initial investment of starting about ten k uh, with about a hundred dollars monthly. So bigger investment initially with less contribution monthly. Uh, same basic stats, you know, five percent, five one five percent. Uh, ending up at around 151000 in 30 years. Still, our actual investment here is only 46000 So over 100000 return here that, again, is not taxable, which is not that far off from the previous one, uh, if you look at percentage. Uh, so it's not really... Im but when you look at the total amount, it's not really important how much money you put in at first. So it's not about how much money you have right now. It's about starting and investing what you can. Uh, so start starting in stocks or in funds uh, is important to do as soon as possible because the, the biggest factor in the wealth creation is time. Time is very limited here. And the older you are when you get started, the harder it's going to be because you just don't have the the time frame to spread out the investment. So you have to invest a lot more in that monthly contribution to reach your goals. Um, so I'm, I'm 
truly impressed by it when you hear these stories about like 18 year olds or 20 year olds that start as soon as they can even before that I think there was like a 16 year old that started just you know their part-time job just putting in what they can and they're going to keep trying to do that it's, it's incredible because they they have so much potential they have over 40 years to try and uh, get their goals and it's so much easier than starting at my age which is 30 i wish i wish i would have done it that way but you know hindsight 2020 all right so guys just as a quick recap uh and moving along let's talk about the news a bit and what's going on in the nation president trump is uh positive covid i'm not speculating about how where this is spreading in the house in the house in the congress just know that this could lend some very interesting insight on how easily this disease can spread in a population uh, because this is highly uh, televised and recorded. We can actually easily see what's going on. Uh, st- stimulus talks were progressing pretty well, actually, in the beginning of the week, and the Fed was supporting more, more or less stimulus. But Trump decided to leave the negotiation table today. <laughs> and uh, he specifically said he's going to focus on getting his Supreme Court pick, Amy Coney Barrett, through the through before the elections. This choice was completely unexpected. It's like this news article says, it's baffling. Uh, the market basically had priced in stimulus, and now it just reversed completely what it did throughout the day. I, I, was, I was just looking like, what happened today? <laughs> um, so it's, it's looking like maybe next year we'll hit the stimulus, but we'll see. Uh, I... I really don't believe this is the right move. Uh, there's a strong possibility that the country was gonna, it's going to suffer financially because of it. And I also don't know how, based on this, his uh, own tweets, uh, he's changed his opinion in 21 minutes. Uh, considering Powell basically gave a push towards going to the bigger numbers, I, I thought everyone was going to get on board in here, but I'm just kind of left a little di- disappointed. But, you know... Markets are suffering. Tomorrow it's going to be a new day. I'm just going to relax because, again, I'm down costs averaging in. And it doesn't really matter what happens today because I'm looking at what's happening throughout the year, what's happening throughout five years, what's happening throughout ten years. The, the span of a day, very little difference does it make. Uh, that's it for now, though. So thank you, everyone, for, for spending part of the day with me, and take care. See you next time.